As you've noticed, there's something on stage that's normally not here when I get ready to preach. If you do not know, this is Josh Sanderson. He is our youth pastor, and he has been here, it seems like eternity, doesn't it? Uh, He has been here for 10 years as our youth pastor in November. Is that not awesome? I mean, that is great. I do see the mayor of Shudrin up there in the balcony, Josh, trying to hide. So, And the first if, lady. If you live in Shudrin and have some complaints, Bill Sanderson would love for you to catch him after church and, and uh, make some suggestions to him about things. But, uh, you know, we've been in this series now, Monsters Inside Me, about struggling with anxiety and depression. And Josh has got a great story of his own that we're going to uh, unpack and share with you in just a few brief minutes here. Uh, but Josh, uh, you've struggled with anxiety and depression, haven't you? I have. It's not an easy subject to discuss, is it? Uh, you know, it's like, it's like I told you this morning. I, I've stood up on the stage and talked countless times, but, uh, but, but this is probably one of the toughest times, you know, because I think it's tough to bear all. But that was kind of my prayer this morning. I'd be as real as I could possibly be. You know, and we're going to talk about this again in, in the sermon, but truth is, it's tough to talk about, but anybody, a lot of people out here struggling with it, uh, and anybody can struggle with it, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Josh, tell us a little bit about, first of all, kind of what you went through with anxiety and depression. Okay, I, I would say, <clears throat> if I had to point back um, to when it started, um, and I didn't know why it's, what was going on, because I'd never experienced anything like it in my life, and, and it wasn't at its worst, but it was, it was kind of where it started coming on. It was probably about five years ago, uh, right before we had our, our first daughter, Addison. And, uh, and we, just kind of leading into it, I think I got to a spot where I became really overwhelmed. I wanted to make sure that I was the dad that she needed me to be, that God wanted me to be. And, and, and that Janelle needed me to be. And, um, and I, think that, I think that that was a load but that many people in here have experienced. Um, also think, you know, just being honest, I, youth was not where I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, youth this ministry. Is, this is about five years ago, right? Yeah, about mm-hmm. five years okay. ago. And uh, about five years ago, youth was not where I wanted it to be. It wasn't in a bad spot, but it just, I, youth ministry is, is my life. And, 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 and I just, I wanted to please God. I wanted it to be where it needed to be. And I think that the combination of that and, and just several things became overwhelming um, to me. And that's kind of where it, uh, it started for me. Tell us, tell us about it. I mean, what did well, what, you go through? Okay. So at first, I just, I didn't know what was wrong, mm-hmm. but I just knew that I started having trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I would become very fixated on stress, and, uh, and, 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 and I would have trouble shaking it. Worrying a lot. Worrying a whole lot, um, um, and then fixating on that worry, probably mm-hmm. even more than worrying. Right. And, and then I started, uh, uh, and I, I laugh about it now, but we, me and Janelle were watching a house. If you've ever seen House, it's about a doctor that diagnoses like the craziest stuff in the whole world, and and we were watching it, and I would just constantly be thinking, okay, I'm dying, you know, and and I didn't know what was going on then, but there was anxiety starting to manifest itself, mm-hmm. and so I mean, I I got really good at doing a sneak, you know, check my pulse, and nobody would see, 
I wore a blood pressure cuff out. I mean, I just, I just, I became fixated, and I was just to the point that I became convinced that I was going to die. And mm -hmm. I mean, I really lived with that right. for two or three years. And I said, my child is never going to have a dad, and 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 that sort of thing. And I kept all, a lot of that very quiet. Janelle obviously knew it, but even some stuff I kept from her. <laughs> and it built up and built up. It got better for a while, and then probably about a year and a half ago. It started. It started kind of really coming on again, and and it started getting it started getting worse. And about this time uh, last year, um, I, I it was a Sunday, and I had had a busy morning going from one thing to the next. And I just when I got home, we usually go eat at my mom's house after church, and I didn't want to go. I just went home and I just laid on the couch. I didn't feel good. I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't know what it was because I never experienced this. <clears throat> Sunday night at church, I just became a lot more overwhelmed, um, and I couldn't tell you what you preached on, and I mean, you know, that's probably for most of the people in here this morning, and uh, um, you're not the exception, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I was just in my own world, and 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 I just knew I needed to get home, and 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 I had conversations with several people after church that I don't even know what they were saying so if that was you and in and, and, and this time if you thought I was a jerk and kind of looked at you and just kind of walked away I was just I was struggling a little bit so I apologize and um, and and I went um, uh, Janelle said well we're gonna go eat and when I walked in all of a sudden it was a crowd which normally would be a good thing I had students I had friends I had family and it just overwhelmed me the minute that we walked into Zaxby's and it got to the point that I was convinced my chest started hurting and um, I, I couldn't see well. And I just told her, order me that. And I was walking. I couldn't get tea to go in my glass. And my sister, I, the only thing I really remember is my sister saying, Josh, there's no tea in your glass. And I just kind of looked at it and put it down. And at that point, I said, I'm having a heart attack and I'm dying. And I don't know why, but my first thought was, I will not die in Zaxby's. <laughs> I will not be the guy that died in Zaxby's ordering chicken. And, uh, and so I got in my truck, and, and, which was not the best option, but I got in my truck and I left, and, um, and I decided I needed something for heartburn. And so I rode to, in my mind, I went to Walgreens, picked up some heartburn medicine, came back, and when I walked in, everybody was just quiet because obviously they knew something was wrong. And as I walked in and sat down, uh, they said, Josh, where have you been? I said, I just ran across and got some, you know, and I hyperventilated on the way. And I never hyperventilated. I didn't know. I just knew I couldn't breathe. And, um, and I said, I just ran over there. And they said, Josh, you've been gone for 45, 50 minutes. And so I don't really know what I did. At the, I think I'd probably just sat in my truck. <clears throat> but there was a major problem. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of, I guess it kind of leads into where you're going next, kind of what do we do. So you're, you're, you're worrying, anxiety. Obviously, you were depressed, too. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not have felt that as much, but that was there. I think, I think you get, I think when you're dealing with anxiety, you're depressed that you're dealing with anxiety because you're, right. you're not feeling normal. Right. And it's beyond just not feeling normal. It becomes very like a weight that you can't shake off. Right. And it's always with you. What did you do? So we got home that night, and, you know, Janelle had been a saint through all of this and, uh, you know, encouraging me and, and trying to just pick me up. And she set me down, and we put Addie to bed. And she said, Josh, she said, listen, no more. She said, you're going to see a doctor. She said, you've got to. This has gone too far. 
And, um, and so she said, you're going to see, she said, you need to go talk to Will. And Will Sanders, our family doctor. And, and, um, and Will, um, I can't thank him enough. He was, he was incredible and very understanding. And he, um, you know, he sat down and talked to me. He said, you know, he said, I think that you got some things imbalanced, some chemicals imbalanced. And uh, you got some chemicals that are imbalanced. And so... I want you to get on some medicine for a little bit. And, and I took some medicine, and it helped for a little bit. It takes, you know, two or three weeks to get it started, really, in your system. And then after a couple of weeks, it just was not working. And, and then I took another one, and it worked really well, except for I turned into the Incredible Hulk, and I ended up, I let you have it one day. I let Janelle have it. I let Clayton have it one day, and thankfully, I still work here. And... Uh, and I, it was, you know, so it was not my medicine <laughs> that I needed. And, um, and three or four medicines. And finally, we found one that really works well. Right. And, and it kind of picks it, you know, helps a lot from there. You, you also talked people, too. Yeah, I did. I did. And I think that, I think that that is such a huge deal. My, my family was very supportive because, I mean, they obviously, my mom, my dad, my sister, they were worried about me. Mm-hmm. My, my friends were worried about me because all of a sudden I was a different Josh. I didn't want to hang out. I didn't want to talk. I just wanted to kind of be by myself because I was depressed and didn't realize it. Right. And, and I did. I, talk, I spent a lot of time talking to you because you had been through it and you understood. I talked with Brandon. And, and I just, it was cool how God put in my life a lot of people that have been dealing with this. And, and I believe that God did put those people in my life because, because when you're going through that, to, it is such because you feel like you are an oddball mm-hmm. that the only, and you're the only person in the world that's dealing with this and, and, and it was so affirming for God to put in my life people that were dealing with the same thing to be an encouragement to me absolutely Josh do you think that this is something the rest of your life you'll have to be aware of I, 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 think, I think definitely just to at least be aware of it right. at, at my, that is my goal is to get to a spot to where I just am at least just have to keep it aware of it obviously right now and I'm so much better than mm-hmm. a year ago right. but I still have moments and I think that I'm okay if I still have moments for, for a while. We're so used to going to the doctor and having a sinus infection and take a Z-Pack and get a shot, and in three or four days, you're back to normal. Right. And I think that was the thing that I struggled with with this the most because it is not an overnight fix. It's right. not a two-week fix. It's not a two-month fix, you know. It is, there's not a, you know, and I said this at the first service, there's, I, I, there's not a magic pill. Mm-hmm. And if there is a magic pill, like I said at the first service, it's probably illegal. And, 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 and regardless, it's not going to help you. And, and I'll tell you, five years ago when it first started happening, and this is me being real, I, I dealt with that a little bit because I would do anything to make it go away. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to do anything I could to make it go away because of this feeling. And to the point that I, I did things that I didn't need to do. I took things I didn't need to take, you know, just, and it, they were prescription, but it wasn't my, you know, and, and it just, because I wanted it to go away. Right. And, and, and so it is a, medicine helps, but it's not a magic pill. Right. And you have to keep focused on dealing with your anxiety, right. that medicine is an aid to help you to deal with it in a better manner. It doesn't take it away, fix it, knock it out. It helps. That's great. So, Let's give Josh a hand.
Would you stand up and pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for Josh's courage and for his willingness to share. And God, I pray now as we look into your word that you'll speak to our hearts again. God, whatever it is we need to do, we'll do it. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's give Josh a hand again. Thank you, Josh. Uh, this morning, we are, are going to look at some wrap-up points, is what I'm calling them, on the Monster series. Now, I planned on ending it this week, but I believe we're going to do one more sermon next week on what, how you help people when you are helping someone with these issues. And I think it could be broad enough to, to help them with other issues, but what about the helper in the, in the mix of the anxiety and depression? Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about this week, but uh, next week. But this Sunday, we're going to we're going to try to bring some some big points. That, in other words, if I could give you five or six things to take home and take with you on these issues, I think that these are it. I'm going to use a lot of different scripture, so it you, you might just write these down, read with them, uh, read them on the screens with me. But may, unless you're a Bible drill stud, it may be hard to keep up with where we'll be going. But let's begin with this. If you struggle with anxiety and depression, you are in the majority. Now, this is such a great thing. This is such a great thing. It's not a great thing in one sense, but it's a comforting thing in, 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 a, in a real sense. You see, if you deal with, with depression at some level, if you deal with uh, anxiety at some level... And, and you feel weird, you feel crazy, you feel abnormal. The truth is, is you are part of the majority. That's a sad truth, but that is a very real truth. Our first scripture is in Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20, way over in the Old Testament. Starting in verse 14, and I'm going to read through verse 18. This is our memory verse for March. Cursed be the day I was born. May the day, I'm just joking. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought my father the news. Listen to this. Who made him very glad saying, a child is born to you, a son. May that man, okay, he's cursing this guy who did nothing but just tell his dad he's been born. Be like the towns that the Lord's overthrew without pity. May he hear wailing in the morning, a battle cry at noon. For he did not kill me in the womb. And with my mother as my grave, her womb enlarged forever. In verse 18, why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? How many of you can say depressed? That dude was depressed. Now, who was this? This was some sissy guy that... You know, he really wasn't very tough. He couldn't pull himself up by his bootstraps. No, this is Jeremiah the prophet. In fact, the, the Jesus quotes Jeremiah the prophet more than any other Old Testament prophet. It's a pretty cool thing. Jeremiah, for 20 years, man, he had preached God. He had preached the Word of God. He had been in the middle of the will of God, and he had hardly any success at all. When you feel like you're a failure, that makes you depressed. And remember, depression and anxiety are, are twins. They're ugly kissing twins. And, and then he got on the wrong side of one of the religious leaders. So for a day before this, he was put in stocks. The head, the arms, and the feet in stocks. 
in a part of the temple. That'd be like us putting you in stocks back here in, in, the, in the foyer of the church or in the front of the church. So he'd been humiliated. And, and he goes through a place right after that where he praises God. But like depression and anxiety often does, you feel good one moment, and then the next you kind of crash. And the next moment he's saying, man, why, did I, why was I even born? The greatest news that, that a, a parent can hear is the baby was born. It was born healthy. And, and here's a, a son born. He, he's saying, cursed is the day I was born. Cursed is the man who brought the news that I was born. This guy was just a little bit depressed. Would you agree? And I want to remind you, this was a godly man's man leader. We go through the Old Testament. Just a quick survey. Moses, great leader. He definitely struggled with depression. King Saul, who started out great, who did not end well, but started off great, depression. King David certainly had some depression and anxiety issues. Read the book of Psalms. Goodness gracious. Jonah, Elijah, who we looked at a few weeks ago. Uh, Jeremiah the prophet. John the Baptist. Jesus said John the Baptist is the greatest man that ever lived. And before he died, he was in a dark hole. Such a dark hole, he asked the disciples, go back and and ask ask Jesus if he is the one or should we look for somebody else. Several years ago, a report came out about Fortune 500 companies. Those are the top companies in our, in our country. And they said at any given time, half, that's 250, by the way, of the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are depressed. Terry Bradshaw, everybody in here knows who Terry Bradshaw, uh, along with our own Leon Barmore and, uh, and Carl Malone, he is certainly the most well-known athlete uh, with them uh, in athletics in Tech's history. He was a great football player. And Shreveport, one of our own, Billy Joe Adcox, coached him in high school. And then he came to Tech. He had a great career here. In 1970, he was the number one draft in the NFL. He was the first person picked in the NFL draft. I mean, that's like an honor uh, beyond honors. He goes to NFL. He leads the Steelers to four Super Bowl victories. He's the name, the MVP of the Super Bowl twice. He's in the NFL Hall of Fame. He is a, a broadcaster of world renown. But he went through a period of depression and anxiety and panic attacks. Uh, he thought he was going to have to quit. And in fact, for years, whenever the Pittsburgh Steelers would have some kind of big event and they would invite all the players back, he would not go because he said, I cannot be around that many people. I can't be in a crowd of people. That's not a sissy feminine guy. So what I'm trying to tell you is that that the old adage that a a real man or a real woman, whatever that is, uh, that they're not going to get depressed or anxious that's just not true in fact the 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 higher octane more go-getter you are as a person the more susceptible you're probably going to be to these things this this study is two years old two or three years old but the federal government put out a study that said in america starting at age 12 if you look at people 12 years old and older one out of ten is on an antidepressant at any given time and that's not saying who was in the past or who's going to be in the future. So here's what I'm going to tell you. In our church today, between 70 and 100 people are probably walking around who, who are on an antidepressant. Probably another 50 who have been in the past. It's comforting to know that you're not all alone in the struggle. Now, what do we do? Okay, so it, it does help you to know that you're not abnormal, that you're not alone. But what do we do? I want to give you a couple of action steps that I think are crucial 
to healing. And here's the first one. You've got to want to get well. You must want to get well. Now, I understand that there is a level of depression where a person might have to be hospitalized and might have to have some strong treatments just to get them back up where they can, they can, they can actually look forward and think straight. I don't think any of you in this room today are, are at that point. So here's what I want to tell you and what you pass on to people you love is you've got to want to get well. In an interesting story in the book of John, in John chapter 5, way over here in the New Testament, listen to what it says. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five colored colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who, listen, one who had been there as an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and he learned how long he had been in this condition, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, hey, buddy, to you want to get well do you really want to get well here's the question for you and me or for someone that you love do you want to get well I, I have seen this in the past I'm certainly not thinking about anybody here in our church but I've seen this and through the years sometimes people just don't want to get well again I'm not talking about that person who's at such a low spot that that they can't on their own make a decision. But sometimes people will go for years and, and they'll go to counselor after counselor. They'll go to psychiatrist after psychiatrist. They'll be on medicine, medicine. Uh, they'll talk to their pastors and their people in their church. And, and then you kind of realize the truth is they enjoy, they enjoy being miserable. And to get well, you have to make a decision Listen, I think this may be the first decision you have to make is do I want to get well? Do I want things to get better? Do I, am I willing to do all my part so I can get better? True every part of life, certainly true with these. Let me give you a third thing. Don't suffer alone. Don't suffer alone. Again, I don't think you talk to simply get attention but you need to find people that you can share your heart with. You need to have friends that you can talk to about your problems. You need to have, hopefully, some family members you can. Mom and Dad, please hear me. Listen to your kids. Be there for your kids. Well, my kid's 20. Let me repeat. Be there for your kids. And, and if your parent's older... Be there for your parents. You, you don't need to suffer alone. You don't need to suffer in silence. In 1 Corinthians 12, there's a great passage. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now what does that mean? Well, he's talking about spiritual gifts there. And he's saying that, that every Christian has a spiritual gift. God has given every Christian some ability, most people several abilities, to, to, to benefit others, to bring glory to God, to help the church. One of, so, some people simply have the gift of helping others, of being counselors, of, of being able to listen well and, and discern well and to help people sort through their 
problems on our staff. We have Brandon, who is, I believe he's several things. He is a, 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 paid, a, a paid professional counselor, obviously, but he's a licensed counselor. He has the, the degrees, but I think he also has a gift, a spiritual gift, of being able to counsel, being able to listen and help in a special way. Don't be afraid of going to a counselor. Uh, especially, it, it, I, I think you ought to go to a Christian counselor. I really do, because sometimes psychology can go way out in a weird direction, and I think it needs to be grounded in Jesus Christ, but I think that's true about anything. But don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Don't be afraid to go to a counselor. If your car is acting up today, don't bring it to me. I mean, I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll give you a ride. I'll let you borrow Cindy's car. I mean, y you know... Uh, whatever we need to do, but I, I, besides changing your tires, putting gas in, changing your oil, I am, I'll pray for it, but I am not much help. Take it to someone who is trained and gifted in auto mechanics. Amen? Okay, bring it to me. That's fine. It's 200 bucks an hour on the spot, too. Same way, it's the same way, folks, with, with when your psychological needs. Find someone that you can share your heart with. Don't suffer alone. Let me, let me share you a, a statistic. This is three years old, so it may have gone up from here. This is unbelievable. In the Vietnam War, the Vietnam War, we lost 58,000 men. 58,000 Americans died in the war. That's a lot of people, 58,000. After the Vietnam War... And this, again, was 2011, was the, the latest stat I could find. Up to 150,000 Vietnam vets who have come home have committed suicide. Did you hear that? Almost three times as many have died from suicide than died from bullets and in the battle. I think part of the reason is men, especially in that generation, in earlier generations, you don't get help, you don't talk about your problem. Well, you do, you get drunk and you take drugs. That's, that, all that's going to do is mess you up. That's not going to help you. That's not going to solve your problems. Don't suffer alone. Here's number four, and it goes with this. See your doctor. See your doctor. Back in the 80s, back in the, the 80s and, and late 80s and early 90s, when I was a young minister, I'm a young minister now, but I was a younger minister then, there was a, there was a movement among Christians that kind of said, listen, if you've got anxiety or depression, you shouldn't go to a counselor because they're like a witch doctor, and you shouldn't go to a medical doctor. You should just pray and that God is sufficient to he heal you. Now, folks, I believe God is sufficient to heal. I absolutely do. But for some reason, God has chosen to work with us in cooperation in a lot of things. So let me tell you this. If you're going to tell somebody they shouldn't go to a doctor or take medicine for anxiety or depression, you don't be a hypocrite. You don't go to the doctor for blood pressure. You don't go to the doctor for cholesterol. You don't go to the doctor for blood sugar. And if I hear you're diagnosed with cancer, we will pray for you, but don't you be a hypocrite and go to the doctor. I, I'm not even being funny. Be consistent at least. And you'll hear about these weird parents that don't believe in doctors and then their kids die of a common cold. In James chapter 1, verse 17, listen to what it says. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I happen to believe that doctors and medicine are a gift from God. 
If you've ever had the stomach virus, you would agree with me on that. Certainly, you don't want to go to a counselor or a doctor who would tell you to do anything that's contrary to the Bible. Run from them as fast as you can. We've got Brandon, and we've got other counselors, and we've got 10 doctors in our churches I can send you to who aren't going to lead you against the Word of God. Folks, this is serious business. Some people think they shouldn't do that. I'm telling you that you should if you need to do that. God made you a biological, uh, physiological being, psychological being, and if a doctor can help you, go see your doctor. You may have heard this story before. Brandon and I were talking about it a few weeks ago. There's a man that's on his, uh, on his roof because there's a flood in the area, a bad flood, and he lives in a low area. So he gets up on the roof and he begins to pray, God save me, God save me, God save me. A few minutes later, a big rubber raft floats up, and it gets stuck right at the edge of his roof. And he thinks to himself, I'm going to go get in that raft. He said, no, I'm going to let God save me. I'm going to let God save me. That few minutes later, the raft breaks free because of the rush of water. Five minutes later, here comes two men in a speedboat. They pull up, and they go, get off, get off that roof and get in the boat. We'll save you. And he said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. God is going to save me. They take off. Ten minutes later, he's standing on the chimney, and the water's up to here, and a helicopter comes by, and they drop a harness down. And they say, get in the harness, and we'll save you. And he said, no, God will save me. Thirty minutes later, he's dead, and he's in heaven. And he sees God, and he goes, God, I was praying. I was trusting you. Why didn't you save me? And God said, why didn't I save you? I sent a rubber raft, a speedboat, and a helicopter. Those were my hands and my feet to save you, and you wouldn't let me. Let other people help you. Let your doctor help you. Let me give you another thing. Keep on keeping on. All of you know, even the young people know who Robin Williams was. Robin Williams was a famous actor, comedian. Robin Williams, in August of last year, took his own life, hanged himself in his house. We find out after that happened that he, for years, had suffered from anxiety and depression and stress issues. Suicide is a complicated issue, and you can't in a two, one minute of a sermon answer a lot of questions, and I don't know a lot of the issues there, but I know that wasn't a solution. Galatians 6, 9, Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And listen, what Josh said a few moments ago, and it pains me to say this, but there was a lot of wisdom in what Josh was saying. You go see a counselor, and you, you, if you've never seen a counselor before, you go, I go see this counselor, I'm going to feel better tomorrow. That, probably not. In fact, a lot of times you may go see a counselor, and three weeks into it, you realize they're crazier than I am. So you go see another counselor, and then it takes you four, four months to find a good counselor. And then you start having to unpack things, and it takes time. You go to a doctor, and like Josh said, those, those, those psychiatric pills, they're different than pills for the flu or something. 
because one might work for one and might not work for another. And they take two or three weeks to work. So you take a pill for three weeks and you're not any better. And you start another pill. You take it for a month and then you're not any better. And then six, six months into it, you still hadn't found the right, right medicine. Then you find it. But what I'm telling you is that, that this is not normally a short-term solution type thing. You may have physiological issues, psychological issues just by your very makeup that you have to be aware of these things the rest of your life. Like me, you may have dug such a deep hole that you are not going to jump out of it overnight. It takes time. It takes time. So what I want to tell you is that you don't quit. You keep going to counseling. You keep taking your medicine. You keep talking to people who love you. You keep praying. You keep reading your Bible. You keep coming to church. You keep doing the things you need to do to get better. And when God's ready to take you home, you let God make that decision to take you home. But this is so important. Don't quit on yourself. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on others. Don't quit on yourself. And let me give you one last thought. Get under and stay under God's arm. This is the wrap-up here. See, a lot of times people get under God, but then when they feel a little bit better, or they just get tired of the religious thing because they weren't really serious about it, then they get away from God. Get under God. Listen, make a decision today that you're going to live for God until you go on to heaven. Make a decision you're going to get under His arm and stay under his arm. I'm going to preach to you for a moment now. I'm going to use several scriptures, but you need to write these down. Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Isn't that good? God is with us. When it gets hot in the kitchen, God's not going to leave the kitchen. Psalms 121, verse 1. My, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come? You're depressed. You're anxious. Where's my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the makers of heaven and the earth. Listen, God made you. If God made the heavens and the earth, don't you think God can take care of you and help you? Look in verse 3 and 4. I love these. God will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you. Listen, never slumbers. Indeed, he who watches over Israel and you never slumbers or sleep. Isn't this a great thing to know? God is never asleep. You can go to sleep at night and say, God, you worry about it, and he's up. You go, well, I can't sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to bother God. He's up. God's on the throne, and there's never a busy signal, or there's never a time when, well, he, it's the Esther time in heaven. God is always up and alert and on the job. Isn't that great? Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or discouraged, for I will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that wonderful? You say, I don't, I'm depressed. I'm sad. I don't know what's going to happen. God's going to be with you every step of the way. I want to give you one other verse. Romans 8.28. And we know that in all these things, God works for the good to those who love him. Those who have been called according to his purpose. Listen to this. This is so awesome. If you will be a child of God and you will stay close to God, no matter what happens, even if you brought it on yourself, even if, if someone else brought it on you, even if you were born with some of these issues, 
God says, let me stick my hand in your mess and I can make a masterpiece out of it. Isn't that awesome? God can get in your anxiety and depression and bring great out of it. I want to talk to you just for a second about Noah. Remember the Noah we talked about last summer? God gave Noah some jobs to do. He said, build the boat. Took a long time. Build the boat. He built the boat. He said, get the animals in the boat. He didn't say, well, I'll just pray. He prayed, but he got the animals in the boat. He said, Noah, you got to get in the boat. Noah didn't say, if God wants me in the boat, he'll put me in the boat. He said, this is what God says. I'm going to obey him. He went and got in the boat. And then God closed the door. And at that point, you know what? Noah had zero control, correct? Listen to me. He had no control once the water started rising. But that was okay because God was going to take care of him. A lot of your depression and anxiety comes as you try to control everybody. Your husband, your wife, your kids, you got, if, you, if you can't manage it or control it, it bothers you. Let go. Do everything you can and trust God to be in control. Amen? Noah didn't know where they were going to end up. They didn't have a rudder in a steering wheel. This wasn't Gilligan's Island boat or if you, some of you old timers. They didn't know where they were going. He did not know where he was going to end up. But you know what? It was okay because God did. And he didn't know how long it was going to last. God didn't say, hey, you know what? This is, here's the timetable. God said, shut the door. But Noah knew after he did everything he could do, no matter how long it lasts, God was going to see him through. Get under God. And stay under God. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, boy, I want to challenge you to get under God again and stay under Him and live out these principles. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, if you're ready this morning to give your life to Christ, pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. I accept that you're God's son and you died. And I I accept that you arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart this morning. And today, I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're, We're going to stand in just a moment. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to respond to God. Maybe you just ask Jesus into your heart. Are you ready to do that? When we stand, would you come this morning and seal that deal with Christ? Everything rises and falls with this decision. Maybe you're here this morning and you're looking for a church to be a part of. You can catch me or one of the ministers after church and join But if you're ready today and you'd like to come forward and join, you can do that. And you need a church home. Come and join us today if God's leading you to. And Christian, maybe this morning where you're standing or maybe at the altar, you want to come and kneel and pray or pray with a minister and just say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do my part and I'm going to leave it in your hands. But if you want to get well, Be willing to do whatever it is you need to do. Let's stand. As God leads you, you come this morning. We'll be down here waiting on you.